Ever feel like some days you wake up and either you're from another planet and everybody else is from here, or you're from here and everybody else is from another planet? You've had those days. They're probably more frequent than you'd like to admit. Um, there's a lot going on in our world and in our, in our city uh, that is hard to understand, sometimes frustrating. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I just get out, 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 out and out angry sometimes uh, at what I see around us. And I think, how and why in the world would the Lord Terry is coming with the brokenness that we see? around us, and I would have never imagined <clears throat> in my lifetime, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'd see planes fly into towers, that I would see really terrorist activity rampant around the globe. It's, it's probably less in, in, in a mass way than it used to be, but it's far, far more frequent than it used to be. I never dreamed that in, in my lifetime I'd see people take weapons into elementary schools and shoot up innocent children for no reason, seemingly for no reason. Ever dreamed in my lifetime that we'd see uh, the natural disasters that we see around the globe with, with earthquakes happening in places where it's never happened before, uh, tornadoes and cyclones and, and all kinds of storm activity happening in places that's never happened before, claiming more lives than ever, ever at any point in history. We're living in some hard-to-explain times, aren't we? We're living in times that uh, as we look around us and we look at Matthew 24, well, they look, they look very, very similar, don't they, to, to, to the t times that Jesus described it would be the last days. And in those situations, I, I would submit to you this. <clears throat> There's one of two ways believers can look at our world and have a, have a perspective. One is this. Whew, even so, come quickly. Rescue me. Uh, rescue, rapture the church and rescue us from what's going on. Or there are people more confused in more darkness. The gospel is in, more, in, in, in a more ripe and fertile place because there's so much confusion than it's ever at any point in history. I choose to look at the latter. I choose to, to say that there are folks around us who seemingly think they know what's going on and think that they have their life in order. But when they lay their head on the pillow at night, are questioning, is this it? Is this it? Is this as good as it gets? Is this all there is? And I think those questions are answered night after night, after, or asked night after night after night. And the answers don't, they don't like because as they look around them, they see the same things you and I see with no explanation for them and think, how did we get here? How did we get here? And, and are my children, my, my children and grandchildren, are they going to grow up in a world that is more like God or less like God? And how do they respond to that if it's less like God? Do they turn and run or do they strap up a little tighter, put on a, put on a little more armor and walk into a dark and seasonless and saltless world with salt and light? Uh, we, we must realize that if we're going to make sense of a world that's not making sense on the surface, we've got to re realize some things that are true. One is this morning. I want us to look at the idea that we live in a broken place. There's brokenness around us. We, we are walking in the middle of a broken model day after day after day. Now, it didn't happen overnight. It happened in the garden. It happened with, when Adam and Eve said, I want that more than I want him. I want that more than I want him. And we've been making choices ever since then to say, I want that. I want her. I want him more than I want him. And so we, though we didn't break it, we haven't fixed it either. And so there's this idea of, <clears throat> of you and I 
walking into brokenness every day, we need to understand how broke it is and, and the fact that there is something we can penetrate the brokenness with. And that's, I want to share some bad news and good news with you today. The bad news first, and that's we were in a broken world. Turn to Psalms 51. We're going to be in Psalms 51 and, and in John chapter 16 today, uh, back and forth a little bit in both of those sections. But turn to Psalm 51. And look with me initially at verse 5. You'll see there that a broken world is where we start. Verse 5 says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. I've shared with you a number of times that we're born into sin. We don't choose that way. We're born self-consumed. Feed me, keep me warm, change my diaper, make sure I'm happy. If not, I'll let you know that things aren't, aren't clicking. And so we're born into a sinful place, born into a broken model, born into brokenness. As I said, we didn't seek it or ask for it. That's where we, where we are. And so a broken world is where we start. Surely I was sinful at birth, the psalmist says here. So if we were conceived in sin, conceived in brokenness, and also born into that, uh, what does that say about anything redemptive our world has to offer? Well, there is none. There is nothing redemptive this world has to offer. That's, uh, the, the, the reality is that, that <clears throat> any blessing here, any answer here, is temporary at best. And, and at worst, is deceptive. We're born into a broken world, and every, every birth from creation forward has been born into the same brokenness. In fact, we can point to Adam and Eve as, the, as, as those who broke it, but we've been breaking it worse and worse and worse for each generation. We, our, my, my generation is, <clears throat> has broken it worse than my parents' generation did. And the generation behind me, I don't see any more hunger for Christ than, than my generation has. And so we continue to per- perpetuate this idea of walking into a broken world with really nothing more but more brokenness sometimes. And so we have uh, we have all kind of diagnoses for it that, that goes around today. It's, uh, it's ISIS's fault, and, and some of it is. It's the fault of, of, of abuse, abusive background, and some of it is. It's the fault of addiction that we're broken, and some of it is. And it's the fault of, or it's the fault of mental illness, and some of it is. I mean, you can't be right to grab a gun and go into elementary school and start shooting. There's something wrong. In, the, in how the synapses are firing. <clears throat> and, that, and all those are, all those are valid concerns, valid evidence of brokenness, broken people in a broken world. Uh, but even though we didn't break it, uh, as Adam and Eve did, we have to deal with the brokenness. We can't, uh, we can't crawl into a hole, as, as Jim Jones tried to get a cult to do in Guyana, and, and seclude ourselves from a broken world. We're designed to walk into the brokenness, to walk into the darkness with light, to walk into the seasonless, seasonless, seasonlessness with salt. And we were designed for that. It's what we were wired for as we accepted Christ. And so if we, if we ignore ourselves from the, or try to remove ourselves or isolate ourselves from the brokenness, that's never going to happen. We're, we are, we're in a broken world. We need to see it, admit it, and walk into it. Now, what we do and how we handle it is something altogether different. But we start at that place. We're born into it, the Scripture says here in verse 5, uh, Psalm 51.5. We're born into it. We didn't ask to be born into it. Didn't ask to be conceived in sin. Didn't ask to be born into a broken place, in a broken world, in a broken season of, of life. But we are, and that's where we find ourselves. So what do we do? Well, let's look at the rest of this equation. Turn to John chapter 16. Uh, and not only do we see there, or here in Psalms, that we are, we, we, a broken world is, is where we start. John chapter 16, verse 33 is going to speak to us about the fact that it's, it's where we are now. A broken world is where we find ourselves now. Look at these, verse 33 with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. 
In this world, he says, you'll have trouble. This, this phrase of this verse brings us all back into the reality that we start to think this place is supposed to work. This place is supposed to click. This place is supposed to satisfy. This place is supposed to fulfill. It, it will never satisfy. It will never click. It will never fulfill as God has designed it to be. Why? Because this is a broken model. And this broken model ultimately leads to a broken end. The enemy is going to be cast into the abyss. We're going to talk about our, our adversary a little more in a couple of weeks. But we, if we're looking for fulfillment here, it's going to be a never-ending struggle. And folks are doing it generation after generation, looking and seeking to be satisfied here and fulfilled here when satisfaction comes there and fulfillment comes there. It's by design. He says, in this world, you'll have trouble. Now, there are seasons where life works. There, there are snapshots where life looks pretty good. Uh, celebrations, birthdays, uh, births, marriages. There are seasons where there's hope. There are seasons where life looks like, hey, I'm riding a wave and I want to ride it as long as I can. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing evil or bad with it because it's the blessing of God in the midst of the brokenness. We, we can experience blessing. But that's not, that's not the norm, is it? The norm is in this world, you'll have trouble. Those snapshots, those snippets give us, give us a little hope. But uh, the reality is that when we expect to have there, here, we'll never have there, here. Here is here, there is there. And we try and connect the dots between those two places and those two, those two circumstances, never to connect them fully. Now, this is the best it's going to look as the body of Christ gathers together week to week to encourage each other, to, to share in prayer with each other, to, to stimulate each other, to, 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 to draw each other into a place where we feel like there's like-mindedness. And somebody believes the things I do and wants to walk in the same way I do. This is as close as it gets to there, but this isn't there. In fact, this is, this is a far cry from there. But here, he says, you're going to have trouble. That's where we find ourselves now. So we can, we can learn, though, to live in light of these two realities and get these two realities. One is this, that this is a broken, troubled place. Uh, he uses the word trouble for a reason to say, listen, not only will you have trouble, but you're going to be troubled from time to time. As you look, at, look at on, the, on the scene of this culture and this society, you're going to see things that don't make sense. You're going to look into troubled, into a troubled world with troubled eyes sometimes. That's very natural to do, so I don't think that's wrong. That's a broken, it, it's a broken, troubled place. But two, it's temporary. This is for a season. This is, a, this is not what we were designed for. If we can do that, though, if we can see that this is a broken, troubled place, yet it's temporary. We weren't designed for this. And to live and walk in, in light of those two realities, it's... it's it's, it's, it's possible to focus more on purpose than pleasure if we do that. It's possible to focus more on hope than here if we do that. If we're focused on here, the hope of there is hard to walk in reality of. But if we're focused on there, the, 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 the brokenness of here never affects us because we see we weren't designed for here, we were designed for there. Time will teach us, and the older I get, the, the more reality this, this becomes. We, we had a birthday with our siblings last night restaurant and I'm the youngest of five and the older I get though <clears throat> the more I see that time is a great teacher it teaches you things that that older people try and tell you when you're young and you get a little bit of it but mileage adds a little patina and whether the patina is gray whether the patina is you know a little more here mileage gives you a little bit of patina to help you help you come to grips with the reality of this is a troubled place and there is often here, time will teach you this, there's often more trouble than triumph here. Now, we can either run from that or we can say people are broken. 
People are troubled. People are looking for triumph. People are looking for some answers. People are looking for some solutions, some solutions to the brokenness, and I have it. Am I keeping that to myself, or do they, do they know it and see it from me? Am I walking in the reality of, yes, this is broken, but I don't have to live in brokenness. Yes, this is troubled, but I don't have to walk troubled. If I'm living and walking in that reality day to day. People will see it. That's going. To, I promise you, it's going to become contagious. But this is where we start in a broken world, and this is where we find ourselves here now, but not forever. Here's the good news, though. Turn back to Psalm 51. I want you to see in a, in a couple more verses there in that psalm that there's a there's a distinct turn made that the psalmist makes. And I want you to see these verses picking up in, uh, in, in verses 10 down through verse uh, 17 together. Follow along with me. This, this helps us see that a broken world doesn't have to define me. A broken world doesn't have to define me. Verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit, what's this, to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways as to folks around us and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God. The God who saves me my, and my tongue will sing, your righteous, sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God, watch this, are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Brokenness doesn't have to define us. He says, restore to me the joy of of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit. If we stay focused on the brokenness, brokenness will gobble us up like Matlock does a hot dog. It will gobble us up if we, see, if we stay focused on the brokenness. If all we see when we get up every day is brokenness and we think, gee, that's all there is. Yes, that's all there is in a troubled, broken world. But I have Jesus living inside of me to give me hope in the middle of the brokenness. We just finished a series on hope that I hope you'll go back and listen to. But there is, there is hope in the middle of the brokenness. Why? Because I recognize that I, I don't have to model the brokenness. I don't have to live the brokenness. I don't have to absorb it. It doesn't have to stench me up. I can walk in the middle of the brokenness, not unbroken. Why? Because I know I'm, from, I'm not from here. I'm from someplace else. How do we not let the brokenness define us? Well, notice in verse 17, he says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. How do I not let the brokenness affect me? I find myself in a broken place before him. I find myself before him saying, God, not me, but you. Not here, but there. Not this, but that. If I find myself broken to what I want, dying to my own will, laying my own will aside to say, God, I want what you want for me. Yes, I see brokenness all around me, but I can live in victory in the middle of a broken world. Why? Because I'm not broken. I've been redeemed. And those around me need to see and experience and understand your redemption. We become that by breaking ourselves, dying to our own will, our own way, our own, he uses this term, blood guilt. Love that phrase. It's, It's such a descriptive word. We, we die to our own guilt of our own, of our, of our own shed blood, or apart from Christ's shed blood for us. We would, we would have to sacrifice our own blood for our own sin. He, he did that for us. We, we, we walk away from our own blood guilt, choosing to walk in his destiny instead of our own, choosing to walk in his way. Restore here, though, in this passage, implies that I once had it. And, if, and I would submit to you this morning, if you once had it, if you once experienced victory in the middle of brokenness, joy in the middle of pain, Sorrow, uh, joy in the middle of sorrow, you can find it again. He says here, to restore to me the joy of your salvation. In, in essence, I had it once, 
I was there once. I, I, I walked in that once. Yes, the world was broken in the, in, in the middle of where I was walking, but I didn't sense it. I didn't feel it. It, it, it didn't rub off on me. Why? Because I, I was experiencing the truth of the joy of who you are. Take me back there. Take me back to that place of joy. Restore that joy to my heart. Remind me again of who you are. Remind me again of who's I, who, who, who I am, who I belong to. And you can't change what, is, what has happened to you. You can't change the brokenness, but you can change how we respond to the brokenness instead of letting us define us. Um, we're born into brokenness. Here's reality. Staying there is a choice you make. It's a choice I make every day. I'm going to absorb the brokenness, or I'm going to walk in spite of the brokenness in our world. Staying there is a choice. Uh, I was counseling with a person struggling from addiction one time and not, not long ago, and their, their comment to me was, Tim, this is just who I am. Just who I am. I said, no, it's who you've been. It's not who you have to be. It's who you've been. It's who you are today, but it's not who you have to be. You don't have to let your past and your present define your future. That's a choice you make. You're choosing every day, I want the pill more than I want that. I want the high more than I want to walk in truth. More than and so in order to... to, to try and mask the brokenness, I find a synthetic substitute instead of walking in the truth of who I am in Christ. That's who we were, it's not who we have to be. And he says here in this passage in Psalm 51 that the brokenness doesn't have to define me. It doesn't have to define me. But in order for it not to, I've got to break myself in front of him and before him to say, I want you more than I want this world. I want your understanding, your nature, your ways more than I want the things I see. When I start to want those things, I start to be less and less and less affected by the things I see in this culture rubbing off on me. It doesn't have to define us, the brokenness doesn't. But finally, and turn back to John 16 again. Here we are. feel like a Bible drill going on, don't you? John chapter 16, verse 33 again, says this, A broken world doesn't define my future. A broken world doesn't have to define my future. He says here again, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, yes, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I've told you these things, he says, so that you may have peace. How can we live and walk in peace in the middle of a broken place, in the middle of a broken world? Two things. One, know whose you are. That's what I mentioned just a moment ago. Know that I'm his, that I've been redeemed. I've been bought with a price. You're not your own, Scripture says. You've been bought with a price. You've been paid for deeply and sacrificially. I've paid the price for you deeply and sacrificially. I've, I've purchased you. I've purchased your future, purchased your soul, purchased your life, redeemed you. You're mine. You belong to me. That's, that's what he means by this phrase, in me. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Not in the things you know, not in the things you possess, not in the relationships you have. In me you find peace. That's where you get your identity, in me. That's where you find peace, in me, in the middle of a broken and messed up world. That's second, the first thing. The second thing is, is to know where you're headed. Not only know whose you are, but to know where you're headed. Here, I'm following after the overcomer. There, I'm with the overcomer. Choice we make. I can either choose to follow after the ways of this world here, or I can follow the one who says here in this verse, I've overcome the world. I can follow the overcomer in the midst of brokenness, or I can, as I go and I'm in his presence, be with the overcomer who's overcome the brokenness. It's a choice we make every day to allow the brokenness to define and consume us or to follow the one who says, I've overcome this world. You walk with me, you can overcome. You see me, you can overcome. You hear me, you can overcome. You walk on your own, away from me, you're walking into a, work, a broken place full of more brokenness. Here, I'm following after the overcomer. Peace comes from knowing things ahead of time, doesn't it? Good or bad. 
we can have, and I've mentioned this, this, this dilemma before, of having done some counseling with a wife one time that was in an abusive situation. I said, get out as quickly as you can. There was physical abuse going on. I said, get out as quickly as you can and see, let's, let's see if we can get everybody together. She just went right back to the same abuse. I thought, how in the world? And I asked her, how in the world can you do that? She said, that's what I know. I can predict that. I can't predict what will happen when I get outside of my, my marriage, outside of my home. But I know what's happening there. It's, and there's some, some level of predictability. There's, there's peace even though there's conflict from knowing what's going to happen. And that's, how, that's where peace comes from saying, if I see it ahead of time, and we do. He, he lays it all out in this book for us. If I see what's happening ahead of time and why it's happening, when it's happening, I can walk in the middle of it, in the middle of turmoil, in the middle of brokenness with peace. Why? Because I know the one and I know the story of the one. The one says, I've overcome this world. In this world, yes, you're going to have trouble. It's a troubled place, but I've overcome the world. Consequently, you can too. You can walk in the middle of trouble, in the middle of brokenness with a sense of peace. Peace about what? My, my brokenness? No, peace about the fact that I don't belong here. I belong to him. I was designed for there, not here. Yet, I am here. So what do I do? I find myself here with a little thinking of there. That's the, that's the part that becomes contagious to people. If I am there oriented, walking here will seem like to them, what's wrong with you? And how can you, how can you walk in the midst of cancer? How can you walk in the midst of trouble? How can you walk through, through the midst of divorce? How can you walk in the midst, through the midst of addiction, yourself, family members, someone? How can, you, how can you face those things with a sense of peace and assurance that it's going to be okay? Because I know the prince. I know the prince that says, peace comes from me. I've overcome. In me here, you'll find peace. In me, you'll find those things. I know the prince. Take heart, he says here. Why? We live at peace in the present by knowing what the future holds. Uh, and the future looks good for you and I, if you know Jesus. Um, Michael J. Fox played Marty McFly in Back to the Future. You remember, many of you saw that movie, or probably how many there were of them, 12 or 15, I don't know. Anyway, he gets up on stage in, in Back to the Future, and uh, he's in, in his current state, yet taken back to the 1950s, and is playing with a 1950s band, pulls out a guitar and does a, a late 90s or 2000 solo lead guitar break. And, and these people are just kind of jaw-dropped, looking at him like he's a freak, like, what's going on? And he's, he finally catches what's going on and says, well, music's going to change for you in several years. You're not ready for that yet. He saw things before they saw them because he had already experienced them. He was in a, in a place in a, in a state of the future where they'd never been. And that's exactly what God is describing here in, in, in John 16 to say, listen, I see further than you see. If you trust me, your future's taken care of. If you look at this world to describe it and, and, and deem your future from it, you're in trouble because you're in a troubled place. But take heart. Take heart because in me, you can walk in this troubled place in the middle of peace. Why? I've overcome. I've overcome the world. This world is, doesn't define me. It shouldn't have to define you. It doesn't define the, the, the church, yet the church gets sucked into brokenness oftentimes. I hear, it kills me and saddens me to hear stories of, of churches breaking apart and, and crumbling or, or drying up on the vine simply because this one said something about this one and this one, and simply because of brokenness and our, our, our not being able to live above the brokenness and finding ourselves in the, in the middle of it and deciding to continue to break it instead of to try and fix it. Um, th this world is temporary. That one is forever. This world is hopeless. That one is full of hope. This world has consequences. In that one, there'll be no bad choices. None. You ever thought about that? No bad choices. Not one. Not one. Why? Because this world is broken, and that one is perfect. 
here will never, ever, ever find fulfillment. Ever. Maybe temporarily for a day or two. But lasting? No. There is what we were defined for. Uh, it's, it's, if, you, if you find yourself walking through, through life and feeling like, I don't fit. I just don't fit. Can I give you some good news? You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to fit here. Once you know Jesus, you don't fit here anymore. Now, we're called to walk here and share our story of how he's changed our life and see that happen person to person in relationships around us. We're to penetrate darkness with light. We're to penetrate seasonless with salt. We're to penetrate this world with the gospel. Yet, we'll never ever, walking with him, never ever totally fit here. So if you feel like, kind of like the stranger we saw in the video coming in and this guy's got to be from another time, another place. Another, if you feel like that every day, you're probably in a good place. And in fact, the more you feel like that, the better place you probably find yourself in to say, the longer I live, I just don't fit here. I don't see, the, I don't see things the, world, the way this world sees them. I don't look through the same lens. I don't process things the same way. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. In fact, never, never turn the card around and head back to seeing, the, seeing, seeing, the thing, seeing this world the way our culture sees it. Defining things the way our culture defines them. It's a broken model. It's a broken place. We're born into brokenness. Yet brokenness doesn't have to define us. Why? Because take heart. I have overcome the world. In me, you'll find peace in the middle of a broken place. Well, it gets better from here. Um, we are going to talk about our adversary in a couple of weeks. One of the reasons this world didn't make any sense. Some things we're going to look at, I think, that are going to be re- uh, revelating and I trust you to be here and pray as to how God will speak to you through this because it's too frustrating. It's just too frustrating apart from trying to make sense of a senseless world. And this book and the person it's about makes sense of this senseless world. It's where the answers are. That's where I want us to find them.